Hi there, I'm Mark Isero, and this is Article Club, where we read, annotate, and discuss one great article every month on race, education, or culture. It is January of 2023 now, which I guess means that we are now embarking on our fourth year of Article Club. We started way back when in January 2020 with Gia Tolentino, and we are starting this year off again with a bang, with E. Alex Jung, who is the author of our piece this month, The Spectacular Life of Octavia Butler. I'm so excited to be featuring this article, and I really can't wait to get into it with you all. We're going to be discussing this piece on January 29th from 2 to 3.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So if you are inter- if you have not signed up and you're interested, please do so. You can go over to highlighter.cc slash discussion. But anyway, I'm just super excited to say that Sarai and I got a chance to speak with Mr. Jung just about two or three weeks ago, and it was really, really amazing. I'm so appreciative of him and also Sarai for having this conversation. I hope that you really like it. Uh, We just got really into the article, and also Sarai in particular, because she's an expert of Ms. Butler, really got into some of the nuances of her work. And Mr. Jung just, you know, he's just amazing and was really sensitive to her work and really wanted to make sure to honor her. Uh, We talked about a number of topics, including how it felt to be at the Huntington Library in the archives, reading her personal journals and like how those influenced him to write the piece and just a lot of other stuff. We did mention also manifesting as well, because Octavia Butler certainly did know how to manifest. But we we really, really talked about a number of things, also including about how Miss Butler really does push us to imagine a better and more equitable world. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Let's get into it right now. Hey, Alex, thank you so much for doing Article Club. Thank you so much for having me. Sarai and I are here to ask you tons of questions about your piece. It's just really wonderful to read it. And uh, we're both fans, so we've got a lot of questions for you. You've done a lot of interviews. You've done a lot of profiles. You've done a lot of work of all these famous people. You know, one of the big ones, obviously the RuPaul piece and all that kind of stuff. But But can you say a little bit about how you got to Octavia Butler? In this case, it it definitely the genesis for the article happened around the start of the pandemic. It did feel like there was a renewed sort of interest and resurgence in Octavia Butler. It's so much so that she hit the New York Times bestseller list for the very first time. And then when you're on Twitter and and social media, you're, you're also sort of coming to realize how she wished for that so much in her life, specifically a New York Times bestseller. And then even in one of her last interviews, when she was talking about Fledgling, her last book that she published, she told the interviewer, like the interviewer was like, what else would you like? And she's like a bestseller. (laughs) Like, you know, that was really, that preoccupied her. So, So the fact that that happened in 2020, so many years after she first started writing and after her death, it it also felt like everybody was reading her, but also maybe also copying her work in Hollywood, you know, which is like a really interesting thing and dynamic to be witnessing when she was considered so ahead of her time when she was writing and, and now to sort of be copied sort of rather blatantly, I think, in certain instances. And so that sort of was the the idea of like, what would it... I, I as a as a reader, love to read profiles. I find them sort of really deeply satisfying in in some way. and and so i I was looking around for a really good Octavia Butler profile, like just a classic magazine piece. 
and it doesn't exist really wow. like there there's a wow. there you know there's a couple like small ones that i found mm-hmm. like one essence one very early on in, mm-hmm. in her career by veronica mixon which is wonderful and then there's a publisher's weekly one in the 90s you know but but there there isn't like real you know like that that sort of like bone satisfying kind of piece this one is bone satisfying <laughs> and so i guess that that coupled with the a realization that she had left all of her papers, mm-hmm. literally all of her papers to the Huntington Library mm-hmm. in her will made me feel like, oh, what would it be like to try to do this, to try to commit the time to to write this piece? And so that's kind of how it started. I could, you know, there's obviously more I could say, but uh, I don't want to bore you. <laughs> well, hey, this is not boring. And again, like only because we have half an hour, I could talk to you all day. Like it could be an all day thing. But like, In addition to, you know, the pandemic is obviously like a big reason. After her death, there was kind of a resurgence in her work and then during the pandemic. And then now you're talking about people kind of blatantly copying her work. Other movements going into like Afrofuturism. Do you see any other reasons why there might be a revival of her work? I know that there's going into TV productions. Like, what what are you thinking about that? Like the revival of different work she's done. And are you feeling protective like having been to her library, like having been through her papers and stuff, like, are you feeling protective over the work that is being put out around her? I don't, I I don't know if that is, I don't know if that's for me to say. I guess like personally, I think you can't not in some yeah. ways. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, the archive is this really amazing thing. She had, she had, she knew she was going to do it back in 1989. So she had Ooh. given a talk at the Huntington and the the curator at the time asked her if she would want to donate her papers, gave her this whole spiel. So, and she wrote a letter to her mother too, saying like, I want all of my papers to go to the Huntington in the nineties. And, and then she put it in her will. And she's, from what I can tell, like a very deliberate person. And I guess that to me felt like, feels like the most like meaningful because anyone can take what you've written and like turn it carve it out turn it into ip sort of transform it into their vision but there's something about leaving her papers here that sort of felt like this i don't know like another last word of like this is this is my legacy as a writer these were the this was the journey that i went on this was these were the struggles that i went through in order to produce what you see or what you've read. Mm-hmm. And I guess I I feel like that to me is this I don't know. I found I found that like incredibly powerful because other people can't mess with that as right. much, you know, like so, that exists. Yeah. And I and I and so there can be a million, I don't know, kindred copycats, but I think the what, the thing that she wrote, all of the writing, both published and unpublished is, is the legacy and that's yeah. there. And, yeah. and getting people to engage with that, I think, is the most important thing. So maybe you don't need to be protective because she was like protecting herself in that way, kind of. I think that yeah. I think she was doing that. Mm-hmm. It's super interesting because like, you know, people are definitely able to analyze her work as part of careers now. And not to say the adaptations that are coming out are not going to be good. I feel like like Ava DuVernay, Issa Rae, people at J.J. Abrams, these people are attached to these. So I'm not particularly worried about it being like, not great and I want not great television about people of color anyways we deserve all the stories we deserve every story but I feel like I feel like it could potentially because she left her archive 
it could be potentially missing the mark a little bit if we just celebrate her work and not necessarily like what she went through, how deliberate she was in it. And especially to think like some of the issues that she faced, those are systemic. Like her mm-hmm. her editor not paying attention to her, her doctor not listening to her at the end of her life. These are systemic issues, maybe potentially the erasure of her sexuality in some cases. cases. Like these are things that happen to Black women. And I wonder if only paying attention to like her writing and her work as opposed to her, we miss how we can take better care of Black women, like how mm-hmm. we can take care of Octavia Butler's, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like yeah. if yeah. we if we don't focus on how personal and how deliberate she was, because I, I I think she would have liked the fame. Like like you said, she would have wanted, she would have wanted this fame. Yeah. It would have been nice for her to have it when she was alive. Like it would have been nice for her to, not take a a MacArthur genius grant for her to be able to buy a house like that would have been nice but like the fact that she's getting famous now is not the issue I have it's more so like what are we like the legacy like you're talking about right and it 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 felt really important to me to lay out the details of the contracts like Mm -hmm. contracts were super important to her in her life like both as a writer as a personal writer driving herself forward with, you know, I will do this, I will write 10 pages, I will write a draft. But then also like contracts, like publishing contracts, and how little she she was paid and how much she was crunching those numbers. And I don't know, those those details felt important to sort of lay out Mm -hmm. and lay as barely as possible. Because it does feel like we kind of can gloss things over where you're just like, now it's easy to say, oh, yeah, she was the first and she right. was this prophet. But that was really just hard work. That mm-hmm. was waking up at 2 a.m. and mm-hmm. writing for three hours before you have to go to a shitty job. Right. Like that takes a, a level of fortitude that yes. I don't know if most people have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, frankly, yeah. you know. We ask authors about details. I'm sure you get asked all the time, why did you choose this? Why did you include this versus this? And yeah, the piece about how much he got for each book, especially early on, was I did the whole math, you know, with Google about how much $1,750 was in the 70s. It was just not very much money. And so, yeah, I appreciate it too, like the specific details that 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 you included. But because you were in the archives, probably for a long time in there, you did have to sort of make some decisions and details, not just about the economic piece, but obviously about her personal. And so just generally, I know it's a hard question, but generally, how do you approach that about which details to put in versus not? Yeah, I mean, I you know, it's it, the the archives are are this beautiful, difficult cavern, you know, in some ways, and you're you're kind of just going down different tunnels and seeing what might be interesting, where to sort of keep following threads. And I guess I you know, I I started with her first journals that sort of felt like the most logical place to start. And you know, I think you the journal was a place where she could vent. It was where she could like think thoughts through she was always kind of she was a bit Socratic she would like talk mm-hmm. ideas out with herself a lot and you really get a sense of like the texture what was brought what preoccupied her mm-hmm. and a lot of it was right like writing itself and and money you know and like I don't want us to forget that money is a huge part of support of creative work yeah. of dignity mm-hmm. you know I think that that was all a part of what was 
what was driving her. And then so that was at that point when I was like, when I'm when I'm seeing her sort of like crunch $99 and seven cents and dividing it up. Wow. That's, you know, that's very real to me, you know, mm-hmm. like I understand that feeling deeply. And so I I thought it was like, what if what if I just start tracking down every contract too? Mm-hmm. You know, contracts were so important to her that they felt like this very real, tangible thing that you could write about and tell a narrative around, particularly early on when she didn't have a brand to sort of rely upon to to leverage into, you know, monetary gain. Wow. I literally have like on the back of your article, I like ran through my bills like this month. (laughs) I was like at work trying to figure out like, oh, the money's gone. The money's gone, by the way. But like, (laughs) but it's so interesting because, you know, thinking about, you know, like those details, crunching those numbers versus the characters she wrote into her books. Mm. Like not that not that they didn't have real problems, mm. but they, it seems like they existed in kind of this space where, and I've heard her speak speak to it to where, and you kind of write about it also to where she was writing herself into the space into kind of a personality that she wanted to grow into totally. to where maybe she wasn't having to worry about those kinds of things. And I wonder about that because, like, and this concept of like hard work and dedication, like you're talking about, because the standard for black women, and I'm going to keep going back to black women, like that's where we're here. That's where we're at. But like the standard of hard work for black mm. women, and you write like her grandma worked hard enough and they were persistent enough to get out like this hard enough concept, mm-hmm. like Octavia Butler really brings to my mind, like the ways that that disparity could hinder and did hinder and potentially contributed to the ending of her life, like how resourced she was. So like, what does a society look like where Octavia Butler is resourced? Like, and what, what do, what does, like, how, how has her writing helped us to see that? So can you say more about that? I know you get, get a little bit into like, what did you think about the way she was writing her characters versus how shy she was or how, how, you know, she said she was kind of, more asocial like what are you thinking about that yeah I mean I she you know and and I I talked to a lot of people who aren't necessarily quoted in the piece who talked about how she struggled with charisma in some ways or of but she deeply wanted to bring people to her and like move them emotionally and she did you know and she does do that through her writing which is I think in some ways this the ultimate manifesting is is how it felt to me you know like she was really manifesting the characters that she wanted to become and then I think she did like I I, it's hard to read the parable books and not not feel the parallels between her and Lauren Olamina in so many ways and and also the way in which I think she has been sanctified in some ways Mm. and I think that's a really tricky thing because she's sort of she's critical of it in the parable book too of of the way in which a person can become abstracted Mm -hmm. and I guess that that's sort of what what I think is useful about a profile is that we're sort of moving away from abstraction and towards you know I, I like not just like she was this incredible it's sort of moving away from hagiography right and trying to write something that that gets into the the daily life yeah of what that looked like for her and why and what her relationship to writing and the page was and then yeah. what her relationship to her characters was and i think she was trying to write people black women who she 
could pour an ideal version of herself into. Mm-hmm. And then by doing that, maybe could could take some of their characteristics and remember how to live in the world and act yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. Because the way she she writes about Lauren is also a lot of the stuff she would say to herself about how to how to comport herself, which I mm-hmm. thought was really interesting, is that that sort of self-help writing she was doing, I was like, oh, those characters embody those qualities, you know? And so I think writing those characters was a way for her to also envision how to be that in the world. Yeah. Which I think is kind of cool, you know? Yeah. And the, like the shaping of God and how God shapes you in the, in yeah. the novels and, you know, her getting to write herself in, but also letting her writing kind of write her in certain ways. That's what that's like really a lot. Like that's that's a lot. Because again, yeah. if you if you if you go back to structurally Because like, we are God too, right? right? Like I think ultimately in some ways she and 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 you know, we could go deeper, right? Like in Book of Martha, it's a short yeah. story that she oh, wrote. That's my favorite. <laughs> and she's imagining different versions of God. And f- the first one she imagines is just like a right. kind of like European painting version of God, like an but old by white the dude. end. But by the end. Exactly. By the end, she she imagine she's able to imagine God as a black woman. And I think mm-hmm. that that's that's a really important thing that she was trying to think about how to become I don't I don't know if godlike isn't the right word, but like how to find that source of self for yeah. her. And to envision herself as as the main character, as the one who sort of creates worlds, yeah. you know, like that. You, I think, I think, you know, fiction art, authors are godlike in that sense, right? They are creating universes, they're creating people, they're creating characters yeah. and struggles and conflicts, you know, and journeys essentially. Yeah. And that is a that's that's a biblical that's a biblical action to me yeah. in some ways. You had written in her in your article that her mother wanted to have her own house and have a mm-hmm. garden, period. Like yeah. like Octavia Butler wanted to she didn't get to invest in technology. I mean she was a Luddite, but she didn't get to invest in technology because she was saving for her house. You know, like what like what does it look like for black women to get every single thing they want? That's like everybody getting taken care of. That's like right. everybody getting their thing. And in that sense, like the science fiction Octavia Butler is that's liberation. Like that is a different, that's a fundamentally different, like caring, caring for. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like your profile really does a great, it, it takes a lot of care to like stay with those details and not let her get into this, like who, and rightfully so, like we said, she wanted to be famous, rightfully so. But to this person where we're kind of abstracting what it, what it took for her. Right. Um, and I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. I feel like you're like an ideal reader for this <laughs> because I didn't want it to just also be repetitive, mm-hmm. you know, of of that abstraction. And yeah, I don't know. I think we do a disservice when we when we sort of don't look at the the details and the difficulty. Yeah, I was thinking it. I was in the shower. I was like, we kind of failed Octavia Butler a little bit. Like we yeah. failed her. It, like so, no, like. High key. Miss mm-hmm. <laughs> like Ma'am the... should like still be here, like grandmother in the chair, you know? Like Yeah. I mean, even her author biography, I don't I, I wish I had it offhand so that I could quote it directly, but she she says like I I think she's like I am a fifty-eight-year-old writer or a who can remember what it's like to be a 10 year old writer who can imagine what it will be to be an 80 year old writer. Mm-hmm. And I think that 
I don't know. I it's not like I wanted people to feel bad when they read the piece. But you get there. You kind of stick it in there. Like it works. It works. I'm not like, you know, I'm not pointing fingers, but I feel like I I just want it to be clear that yeah. she was failed in so many different ways by so many different people at so many different junctures of her life. And that that, you know, should not have happened. And yeah. And 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 I think even the the care that she would imagine in her worlds and the kind of symbiotic relationships that she would imagine mm -hmm. is also what she needed in the world in her own yeah. life and would have preserved and extended her life as a as a writer and thinker, nice. which is like I don't know it, it's it's hard to not feel like it's a loss, mm -hmm. you know. Still, yeah. yeah. Thinking about the ways that she was wanting to be more intimate or more cared for or more protected. And I definitely like when I would think of her, I was like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to think about Octavia Butler having sex. Like, I don't want to think about her sexuality. Like, she's the, you know, blah, blah, blah. And again, that's like an abstraction. That's like an erasure of part of who she was. And I just like for me, it wasn't it's not about like telling other people like you failed her, like the editor who I wish I could slap like. I, it's not about it's it's about Sarai like how are you now prepared to take these people's failures of you and remain mm. you know what I mean because she she didn't she took her own book and she got her own book on the people you know the first editor took her on tour you know what I'm saying like mm -hmm. she shopped around herself so yeah Mark I'm so sorry I've said asked every single question in this situation <laughs> but I think I think it's great. I think that also, I really like how, you know, this conversation about what it takes, you know, as a writer, as a profile, you know, writer to really honor your, your subject. And I feel like, it, like you wrote this in a slightly different way than some of the other pieces that I've, that I've read. And specifically, I just felt like from the beginning to the end, you were going to be honoring her and honoring her work. And sort of like the tone, sort of like the way that you construct the sentences, it just seemed different, you know, and just sort of like you were, you were basically saying, hey, there hasn't necessarily been a profile and I need to be doing a profile and I'm going to be, you know, because everybody has all these different ideas and thoughts about Octavia Butler and she's going to go big, huge now, you know, with all these TV and, you know, screen stuff, but specifically, and, you know, everybody's manifesting now and it's sort of like, okay, I like serious versus not serious manifesting, but I really felt throughout oh, the there's entire- dead Oh Dead yeah, no. Oh yeah. But I don't know. I just felt like in the piece, like the the level of honoring her. And I just wanted to say that I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I sort of I know how important she is. And you at least at least when I whenever I'm doing a profile, I want to be able to rise to the to meet the person. And that's a that's a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I do it, you know. I try. I try my best, but I and I don't know if I always get there, but I do feel that I I need to try to at least strive to meet the person and she yeah, there's just like an incredible legacy and body of work that you don't want to fuck that up. No. You know. <laughs> you, you can't write like a bad. You can't like come No. You can't come half prepared, mm -hmm. you know, so that that is how I felt. And and I think maybe because there wasn't like a, a sort of big profile to like to take the pressure off even mm -hmm. like I just sort of felt like it had to has to do something had to be done. Facts. Yeah. The work has to be done. The work yeah. has to be done. That's yeah, we're just super excited to be able to get into it. What what do you feel at the end of the piece, including doing it well, as well as honoring her work? 
what do you feel like you would want a reader to be thinking about or taking away at the end of the piece? I think I think Sarai and I were kind of talking about this. I think, I don't know, I guess I feel an incredible amount of awe, of gratitude, but also like a bit of anger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 a and a desire for us to really to read the work and to to do the work of imagining a better world for each other that she had been doing. I think that is what she was preoccupied with. I think that was her, that is the legacy. And I think she didn't work, work, she hadn't worked it out yet. And we clearly as a society have not worked it out yet. But I think that's the project in some ways. That is the question that she should be posing to all of us, which is how should we care for one another? How do we build a better world? What does that striving look like for all of us? And for each of us individually, I, I think that sort of ultimately is sort of what I, I I come to at the end, because that's that's the rest of the parable books, you know. So if she did not able, she was not able to finish them. What would it look like for us to imagine that for ourselves and for wow. each other? Wow! 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 Thank perfect. you so much. That's Thank perfect. You so Thank you so much, Alex. For yeah, doing of course. This, this oh, was so wow. fun. It was yeah. so good. To, it was a joy to talk to both of you. I want to thank E. Alex Jung yet again, not just for writing this outstanding piece, but also for coming onto Article Club to discuss it with me and Sarai and with all of us, really. So thank you, Alex, for doing that. Article Clubbers, I am waiting for you to sign up if you're interested to our discussion on January 29th. If you are interested, please do. Most of all, I want to appreciate you all for your readership and for your support because we are just some kind and thoughtful people who like to read and get into these articles, hopefully to connect with each other a little bit more and to make our lives a little bit better. So thank you again. Hope you have a good week and weekend, and I will see you next time.